Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, my dear brothers and sisters in the faith. Have you ever seen a two-headed snake before? It's a little terrifying seeing not one but two flickering tongues and not two but four beady eyes staring back at you. Our instincts tell us that this creature must be extremely powerful. It's got twice the firepower, twice the bite, twice the venom. But in reality, a two-headed snake is not more powerful than an ordinary one-headed snake. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Two-headed snakes rarely survive for long in the wild. Taking down prey, that's not a problem for the snake. It does have those two heads, extra bite. But once it's taken down prey, that's when the trouble really begins. The two heads, they don't realize that regardless of which head swallows the prey, that its body will get the needed calories. So instead, the two heads fight against each other to try and consume its victim. Sometimes the snakes will even bite the other head or try and swallow the other head. While this infighting is taking place, predators have ample opportunity to swoop in and take advantage. A hawk is able to easily swoop in and pick up this two-headed monster as it fights itself for food. It would have been much better if the two heads of the snake just would have worked together. Our family of believers is often called the body of Christ. But when the body fights against itself, our enemy, the devil, has an opportunity to swoop in and snatch us up. Instead of the body fighting against itself like a two-headed snake fighting over its prey, the body works together. So let's fight the right battle. Let's fight against our enemy, the devil. Because when we do, our enemy will flee. Like any good military commander, James loves giving orders. He gives ten commands in these six short verses. Maybe you appreciate James uh, Veal, his vigor for commands. Maybe you also like wielding a little bit of that authority. And sometimes that's a very necessary thing. There are times when people do things that are explicitly wrong. Think about a parent taking a child to the museum. As the parent and that child walk through the museum, the child ignores the bright do not touch sign, so the parent has to step in and correct and rebuke that child. They're clearly doing something that's against the rules. Or maybe it happens when a fellow brother and sister in the faith comes up to us and they immediately begin the conversation with gossip. We're able to to defend against that type of slander. We tell them gossiping is a sin. It's hurtful. It's destructive. I'm not going to take part of your sinful conversation. In these examples, there's clearly something wrong that's taking place. But that line between right and wrong Sometimes it's a little blurry. Think about the different rules that we have in our houses. In some houses, they orient the toilet paper so that the roll falls over the top. And in other houses, the roll falls down the back. Or in some houses, you wear your shoes all throughout the house. But in other houses, as soon as you step in, you take off your shoes. Now, if someone would invite you over to their house and you saw that their toilet paper wasn't oriented the way that you like it, or if their shoe policy was a little different than it was at your house, you wouldn't rebuke them. You wouldn't try and correct them. We recognize that these are matters of choice. 
These are just preferences. It's not a matter of right and wrong. How about us as a church family here at Abiding Grace? I can't believe that so-and-so is an anti-vaxxer. Do they even care about their fellow Christians? Or who does so-and-so think that they are? They're all but forcing me to try and get this vaccine. Don't I have some choices? Or I can't believe that a Christian would vote for that political candidate. Or I don't believe that a Christian would vote for that political candidate. How come no one is volunteering for this coming event? Don't they want the event to go well? Or who does this person think that they are? They've got all this free time to serve God. Are they just trying to make me feel bad because I don't have as much time? Or we look at the example of the disciples in our gospel lesson. The disciples, they wanted Jesus to to make this other Christian stop serving God's kingdom all because that person wasn't a part of their core group of 12. As Christians, there's that constant temptation for us to be divided. It's differences of opinion, it's anger, it's jealousy. All of these things, they they don't follow the example from our text, uh, which says, humble yourselves before the Lord. Instead of humbling ourselves, we're trying to lift ourselves up. And by doing so, we're pulling down our brothers and sisters in the faith. When we give in to these slanderous thoughts and actions, we're acting in an unchristian way. Our enemy, the devil, he is winning the fight. This is a war. We have an enemy to contend with. Instead of fighting against each other, we need to fight this enemy. Because when we give in to infighting, when we attack each other in our words and actions, the devil is winning the battle. In fact, the devil doesn't have to do much of anything. He's already got us fighting against each other. Now we can sit back and watch as our hearts burn with anger and our voices ring with slander. When we hear that the devil is winning the fight, It makes us sad. It breaks our heart. We don't want the devil to win the war over our souls. It makes us feel like crying. In those moments of sadness, when our heart is breaking over our sins, we turn to a brother who stepped in to win the war for us. Jesus, he came to be fought against Jesus endured all slander, all malice. He was condemned to die on the cross. Jesus willingly gave up his life in the battle to win the war over Satan. By shedding his blood, Jesus forgave all of our sins. He defeated the devil forever. That lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save, he did save us. Jesus' resurrection is proof He is victorious and we are victors with him because of his life and death and through his resurrection. James has a lot to say to us victorious Christians. He's got a lot of wise advice for us how we we live today now that we are victorious in Christ. The devil has been defeated forever, but he still claws at us today. He still tries to separate us from the team of the victor. He wants us to fight against each other. 
So let's fight the right battle and let's encourage each other as we do so. Because when we do, our enemy will flee before us. In verse 7, James said, Submit yourselves then to God. That word submit, it's sort of a negative word in our modern context. A lot of people only associate negativity with this word. But in reality, that word submit, it's not inherently negative. Submission is just a definition of relationship. One person is in charge. They are the one in control and the other people submit. They follow the example and the will of that person who's in charge. We see that relationship play out in our lives today. Uh, Parents, they are in charge in a relationship with their children. Maybe a child wants to take a bath, or maybe a child doesn't want to take a bath, but a parent will still make sure that a child gets bathed because they recognize that that's something healthy. So the child submits to the will of their parents in this healthy manner. Our relationship with God is one of submission. God is our head. He is in control in the relationship and we follow his will. God's like our military commander. We're like the foot soldiers. We're thankful that all of God's commands, everything that he wills for us, it's God-pleasing. It's good. It's beneficial for us. It's a holy and perfect will with our best interest in mind. We never have to worry about poor commands or poor leadership We submit to a holy and perfect God, a God who loves us, a God who has won the battle for us. And now in this relationship of submission, instead of comparing ourselves with each other, instead of tearing each other down, we instead encourage one another. We encourage our brothers and sisters in the faith. Sometimes it seems a little strange, maybe a little bit awkward to give encouragement to someone else might feel a bit weird to go up to someone and give them a compliment, especially if you don't really know them that well. But we're thankful that our fellow brothers and sisters, they give us plenty of opportunities to find positive things. All of us believers, we constantly perform fruits of faith, godly words and deeds done because of what God has done for us. When we see these positive things, we encourage one another. All of the things that we do, they're done with our own unique gifts, our own unique blessings. Paul compared our uniquenesses, the ways that God has made us special, to a body. We are the body. Christ is our head. He's given us all these numerous gifts, passions, abilities, desires. And now we as the body, we encourage one another. We work together in our fight of faith. In the human body, we recognize that each body part has its own role and function. If a body was made up of only feet, well, there wouldn't be any muscles to lift up the foot to walk. And if a body was made up of only muscles, well, there wouldn't be a heart to pump blood throughout those muscles. And if a body was only made up of hearts, it wouldn't be pumping blood to any of the extremities. Instead, the body works together. All of its parts work in unison. That's the same thing with the body of believers. We all have our unique gifts and passions. For some people, it's gifts of music. For other people, they're able to talk with others very well. Other people just have the gift of free time, this amazing blessing to get to serve God. We all have our various gifts. 
And now we get to work together to encourage one another as we use all of these gifts together. We are thankful that Jesus came to win the war against Satan for us through that death and resurrection. We're also thankful that he's given us all of our unique gifts, all of the ways that we get to serve him. The devil, he tries to claw at us today, but he can't do anything to us. He has been defeated. Instead, he is forced to flee. It's kind of like in a battle, if one lone soldier with a dull sword was trying to stand up against a whole army of tanks and other modern military equipment, that person would have no chance. The devil, he tries to separate us from God's team from the side of the victor, but he's completely unable. Instead, like a cockroach in the presence of bright light, he flees. He can't do anything to us. His temptations amount to nothing as we as a body of believers wield God's word together. A two-headed snake seems pretty terrifying at first until we realize that the two heads fight so much that the snake becomes an easy target for other predators. As a body of Christ, when we fight against each other, we're fighting the wrong battle. Instead, we work together to fight the right battle against our enemy, Satan. We have all been made victorious because of what Christ has done for us. And now we fight on the side of that victor. And as we do, our enemy will flee. Amen. And may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand. We join together to confess our faith according to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. At this time we will gather our offerings, our gifts of thanks and praise to our God. While we are gathering the offering, we are also passing out friendship registers. Please fill those out accurately so that we can serve each other as the body to the best of our ability.